Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. 
Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to be able to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. There are over 1,800 shows that are live on Blog Talk Radio at this hour, and you will consistently find this radio show on pages 1 through 4 of that website. I just looked at it before we came on the air, and you will find this show on page 3 of that website and my picture is the biggest one on the page so you can't miss it now if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or any of my special guests that are on this radio show you can send your emails to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com or you can call stevie b's media production at the carolina studio at 910-491-6405 now again this program is brought to you by members of the churches of christ and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area please feel free to contact us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the fourth Tuesday of the month. And on the fourth Tuesday of the month, my co-host Kelly Fletcher, she serves the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. And she has her show every fourth Tuesday of the month. And we, she just has some great topics that she's dealing with. And we just love uh, Kelly on this uh, production. So Kelly, we're going to hand it over to you now. Enjoy your listening experience. Take it away, Kelly. This is Terry Jackson, and you're listening to a talk with my sisters on What a Word from the Lord radio show. Welcome to everyone in our audience this evening, and thank you so much for joining us. Happy Tuesday. Um, I notice we're closing out February already, and so Lord willing, March will come on in tomorrow. So prayerfully, this year has been good for you so far. Um, my name is Kelly Fletcher, and you are listening to The Kelly Fletcher Show on CBB Media Productions, What a Word from the Lord radio show. If you have any questions for our guests uh, during tonight's show, please IM me on Facebook or send an email to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Now, according to my uh, research, the little bit of research that I did, uh, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, 19.3 million women and 5.1 million men in the United States have been stalked in their lifetime. 60.8% of female stalking victims and 43.5% of male stalking victims reported being stalked by a current or former intimate partner. So tonight my special guest, uh, is going to share with us some information that will prayerfully help victims of stalking. So please help me welcome Candy Smiley. Hi, Candy, and can you please share a little bit about your back, uh, background before we get started? Yes, thank you, Kelly, for having me. Um, yes, my name is Candy Smiley. Um, I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I currently reside in Los Angeles, California. Um, I am a Deputy Title IX Director for the University of California, Los Angeles. I started my career in Title IX at Howard University in 2014 and moved to California in 2019. A lot of people hear the term Title IX and they're not sure, but Title IX not only deals with equal access to sports uh, for women, but it also deals with sexual harassment, sexual assault, dating domestic violence, um, and stalking. And so I'm really happy to be here today to talk about stalking because what I've learned over almost a decade of work is that stalking is one of the most insidious of violations that we have. It's both a violation on college campuses, but it's also a crime. But it seems to be one that people unfortunately joke about more than they keep, uh, more than they um, actually take it seriously. And of all the violations, we found that it's the one that if we can catch it in its infancy stages, we're more likely to be able to get rid of it. 
But for some reason, people don't let us know about things until they have gotten out of control. So I'm hoping that something I share with you all this evening really kind of opens your eyes and piques your interest. And so if you see a fellow person having this issue, if you see your child having this issue, your um, friend, a family member, that you can give them the uh, appropriate information and tell them where to go for help. Hey, thank you so much um, for that information so far. And, I, again, thank you for being on the show tonight. So my my first question uh, is can you tell us what stalking is and and how common is it? Sure. So the legal definition of stalking is a pattern of behavior directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to fear for their safety or the safety of others or some type of action that would cause another person to suffer substantial emotional distress, right? Now, that's the legal definition. What does it actually mean, right? So stalking is a form of harassment, and most, most of the times you see it in a person following you, in a person showing up at locations that they weren't invited to, and somehow they found out you were there and just staring at you and watching you from a distance or coming up to interrupt your conversation. So you're headed to class, you get to the building, and that person is already there waiting on you, and they have no reason to be there. You're headed to work, and you see the person parked in your parking lot, and they don't work there, right? They're leaving um, unwanted messages, voicemail messages, text messages. Um, So it's traditional, and it's also technological, right, which unfortunately has kind of reared its ugly head in the last decade, where Mm -hmm. they're not only sending text messages or calling you, but they're also using certain technology to spy on you. You mentioned in the introduction that a lot of times it happens to people who, um, who like, are currently in a relationship or they used to be in a relationship, right, so a past partner. So let's say you and your partner were together and you both signed each other up for iPhone, find a friend, or find your phone, right, just in case you lose your phone or just in case you happen to get lost in a crowd somewhere, right? They can find you and find your phone. Well, when you block someone and block them on social media and block text messages, you forget about that. And people Mm -hmm. are able to use that to track you down. That's not your fault. That's just something that you're not really thinking of. If you've ever connected with a person on one of the pay apps, right, so Cash, I think it's the Cash app, Venmo, Zelle, I've Mm -hmm. even had students and people in the public that will literally send you five cents or send you a dollar just so they can send you a message in the note line, right, where it says if it's for a birthday, if it's for this, they send you a message on that line because you block them as far as text messages and voicemails and social media, so that's the way they get to threaten you. Wow. So people have gotten really, really creative, unfortunately, and we just, I want people to, one, recognize it, And I want them to trust their guts because we have friends who will tell us, oh, it's no big deal. They'll get tired and go away. And that's not the case, not with stalking. Now, you said that uh, that, that harassment is a form of stalking. Stalking is a form of harassment, actually. Thank you. Thank you for correcting me. Okay. So what, what is then the difference? between stalking and harassment? Or is so there, there a really, clear-cut difference? There really isn't a clear-cut difference. It's somewhat like, so the term sexual violence or the term sexual harassment, let's say that, the term sexual harassment includes things like sexual assault, right? So sexual mm-hmm. assault is a form of sexual harassment. If you're doing to some, something to someone based on their sex, then that's a form of sexual harassment. So a lot of times people think that they're the same, and they may Mm -hmm. even have different definitions sometimes. But stalking is a form of harassment. Usually it's a form of harassment, though, that deals with people who know each other. I think a lot of times we watch Lifetime movies or Netflix movies or um, Hallmark movies, and we think about 
you know, some stranger jumping out of the bushes or someone who just mm-hmm. walked past the gym and they saw us. And that does happen, but only 17% of the time. The majority of stalkers are people that you know, people that you used to date, people that you are currently dating, because people sometimes start stalking you when you're not even aware of it while you're dating. And then when you break up, they continue to do so. But it's also the coworker that you're sitting next to at work, and they're starting to get a little too friendly, having a few more conversations, bringing you things to work. And even though you told them that you're not interested and that you don't want these things, they continue to do it. You go to a coworker and you say, you know, this person is really kind of creeping me out. Like, what can I do? Oh, I wish I had a secret admirer. You need to mm. leave it alone. We don't care about that friend. You know in your gut this is not right. You need to go to HR. You need to go to the police and alert them. Because what we know for sure is is that it isn't necessarily the police that turned them, but it's them finding someone else. And if you can kind of knock them off your trail early, make it difficult for them to, to stalk you, show that you're not interested, generally they'll move on. But, unfortunately, we kind of wait. Right. Now, you said when you were saying that, I thought about a time when um, I was probably in my 30s, uh, late Mm -hmm. 20s, early 30s, and um, I was working at a company, and it was predominantly men there. And I remember I was going to the – I went to the vending machine, not pay, I saw other people around, but I wasn't paying attention to who was around me. So right. I got on my name tag, got what I wanted to get, went on back to my desk. Probably within a, a, a day or two, I received some flowers. Mm. Didn't know who they were, were from, and but the name was on there. I didn't know this person, so I looked him up in our directory and I called him. I asked him, you know, who are you? I received your flowers. And I just let him know, you know, thank you for the flowers, but that's kind of stalkerish. Please don't right. do that again. And, you know, ju- just hearing you uh, describing that and talking about that took me back to that, that incident. And thankfully he mm-hmm. stopped. As far as I know, thankfully, you know, he, right. thankfully, but I, I'm sure there's incidents or cases where they continue. They definitely do, but they will continue because you would think to yourself, this is uncomfortable. You made me feel uncomfortable and you decided to call. But what if you had gone to one of your friends and said, this guy sent me flowers. I've never even met him. I don't even remember meeting him. I've never seen him. And they're like, well, I wish I had flowers. Send them to me. You're just complaining. You're just this and you're just that. And had you listened to them and allowed it to continue, then it would have been harder to get him to stop. Right. Right? Right. And that's the thing. You have to to trust your gut. And I know it's hard when you have family, friends, and, and loved ones coming at you and telling you that you're just going overboard. But this is something that we need to take seriously because there's the seven types of stalkers, but one of them, and sometimes the most um, common one, is the one that's called an incompetent suitor. And these type of stalkers are typically incompetent at relationships. They're lonely, and they'll target strangers or casual acquaintances, somebody they've seen just once. And they assume that they can convince the object of their desire to start dating them. Right? And they can seem like blind or indifferent. They don't even care about what's happening to you because, oh, I can convince her she'll be fine, she'll, she'll, she'll be okay. But I think the other problem is, is that sometimes these same people will try to appeal to a person's humanity. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to make you feel uncomfortable. I just saw you were such a beautiful person and you deserve flowers. I'm really an awkward person and I just... I just wanted to, you know, to show you that I appreciate you. And then sometimes people say, oh, okay, well, that's fine. You can say, mm-hmm. look, I appreciate that you have concerns, but, again, I did not like the behavior and do not do it again. And move on. Wow. And generally that will, that will be enough for the person to move on to someone else. But sometimes 
when they pull on our heartstrings and we kind of acquiesce and give in a little bit, that's what makes it continue. Yeah. Ooh, okay. So, um, <laughs> yes. sorry. I know. <laughs> no, that's okay. That, I mean, that's information that's needed. And, you know, like, a, uh, like I'm hoping that someone is in our listening audience, that this is, this is going to help. Um, yes. Because I it's really something that's so. even going to help me in the, in the future. You know, and, and that thing where, they, where you're saying trust your gut. We yes. have to trust our gut. <laughs> we do. We really do. It is so important. It's so important. And the other problem that a lot of people don't think of is that you break up with something, someone and that person stops by, stops by your mother's house or your best friend's mm-hmm. house or stops by even your child's school to say, hey, I hadn't seen your mom or I hadn't seen your dad. Is everything Okay. And the person is like, you know, that's weird. You never stopped at the school before. You never stopped at the house before. And sometimes they'll give information thinking, oh, well, they're in a relationship, right? But that's another red flag. They should never be reaching out to your parents. And then sometimes parents are like, oh, well, I'm closer to them than I am to my child. And so, you know, I just want to help them out. But you are actually, you know, helping that to persist. And you don't want to do that. Keep the relationship between the two of them. And, and try to stay out of it so that you will never be an avenue. Right, right, right. So who is the but most, uh, no, go ahead. Go right ahead. No, 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 go, no, 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 please go ahead. Okay. No, I was just going to ask, who is most at risk then for stalking? Is there uh, like a particular age group or race? Yeah, so they don't have much um, statistical data on the race. Um, of the victims or the race of the stalkers themselves. What they do say is is that the age range, people from 18 to 25 are most susceptible. And so it generally okay. will start in high school, but they may not report it until after high school, which is why 18 is the number, and mm-hmm. 25. So that's a, that means it's happening a lot in college campuses or a lot for college-age students. And so wow. that's important to know. Now, please understand, that just means the majority of the cases are happening in that age group. It does not mean that's all of them. So it can happen to people in their 50s and their 60s and their 70s I need, and people mm-hmm. in middle age. I need people to understand that. But the statistics say that it's most likely to occur in that, that uh, age range. The other thing to note is that over 60% of the murders committed on female victims, mm-hmm. they have found through research, have found that they had had a stalker in their past, that they had made wow. a report to the police about this person stalking them. So when you ask the question later about whether or not that this can turn violent, yes, and it often does. That's generally the way it ends. That's why it's so important to, again, trust your gut and get rid of it or report it or tell someone as soon as possible. Now, don't get me wrong. If it's been going on for three years, still tell somebody, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. the Lord will make a way and we will figure out a way to help you. We just know from research, just like, you know, a cancer diagnosis. We know from research, if you catch it early, we're more successful. But we all know a miracle has happened with someone with stage Amen. four they gave six months to live, and they're still here six years later. So please, mm-hmm. please, please report. If you know someone who's going through this right now or you yourself are going through this right now, please, please, please let someone know. Amen. Are, stalk, are stalkers uh, typically of a certain demographic, or is there any data no, for that? They don't have much data for that. What they say, again, is that, is usually an intimate partner and that, you know, 80% of them are men. Men are stalking women. Uh, It's more prevalent than the other way around, but that it does happen both ways. But when you're looking purely statistical, it's generally men. And so when you talk about the age group of 18 to 25, it's not always 18-year-olds stalking 18-year-olds. It's often 45-year-olds stalking 18-year-olds, wow. right, or 50-year-olds. 
Wow. One of the issues that we have on campus um, is that they are taking pictures of some of our student athletes, and they are literally creating websites for other people to come and just look at pictures of these athletes, and they're taking inappropriate pictures, to say the least, right? So if someone is going for a volleyball player is going for a ball, if a track athlete is going on the blocks and getting ready to start, they're taking a picture of their behind as opposed to seeing them run, right? And then they're putting this up on a website, and people are going. And the other thing that we have to be careful of is if our particular career or what we do in school has a public schedule. So we talk to our Mm -hmm. student athletes a lot about being careful about where you are in your surroundings and being careful about where you, um, if you're using uh, social media and you tag your location, be careful about that because there are stalkers that you don't know anything about who have friended you on social media, on TikTok, on Instagram, because you just accept people because you want large, large followings, you're not looking at the names. They have your schedule, so they know you're going to be in Phoenix on March 3rd, so they show up mm-hmm. in Phoenix. And if you put something on Instagram to say exactly where you are, if you and your friends decided to go hang out someplace after the match or after the game, they're able to follow you to that location. So I know it's sad because you don't want to have to think about that. You don't want to have to think about being that careful. But unfortunately, because what you do in school, like, gives a public schedule, it can make you more susceptible to these types of things. Right, right. Now, you mentioned earlier that um, there are seven types of stalkers, one being an incompetent suitor. Um, Mm -hmm. what, What are some other types of stalking? Well, I think um, the two that that really um, stand out are, one, the rejected stalker, and two, the resentful stalker. So the rejected stalker um, is a person that you were in a relationship with, and they feel rejected by you um, because you broke up with them, right? And so they may be looking for a way to salvage the relationship, like, oh, no, 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 they can't be done, they can't be done. If I could just talk to them and we could just talk, we could get this together right? They want to remain close to you. And then even if you're angry and you let them know that you don't want to continue in the relationship, now they feel even more rejected and they're angry and now they want revenge, right? So the the things that they do are to haunt you. And so to to give you an example, I had um, a couple, they were together and they had uh, a dating domestic violence incident. Like the the young lady had come over to the young man's apartment. He did something that made her uncomfortable. She said she wanted to leave. He physically held her and would not let her leave, held her down and like closed her in the closet, wouldn't let her leave. Like she had to fight her way out of the place. And so she came to us and she filed a report. And so He was calling her and texting her, trying to find out her location because he just wanted to have a conversation with her. Like, we just need to talk, talk this out, and this will be fine, and we'll get back together. And, of course, she didn't want to speak with him. And we'd come up with a safety plan, go stay with your friends, don't tell them where you are, don't tell any of your classmates where you are. You may even want to go to class online for the next couple of weeks just to make sure that you don't run into this individual, right? She did all of that. This young man drove two hours from school to go bang on the door and windows and patio doors of her parents' home, demanding that she come out and or they tell her, tell him where she was. Wow. That is a rejected stalker, right? So he was rejected. Right. They broke up. He submitted, um, she submitted a complaint. And then when he figured out that he couldn't get her back, now it's revenge. Now I'm going to go and bother your parents. Now I'm going to send an email to the whole class saying that you're lying and trying to do bad things against me. When she had kept the whole incident confidential, he decided to make it public knowledge in a way to shame her. So that's the rejected stalker. Then there's a resentful uh, stalker, and um, they feel like they've just been mistreated in some way. Right. So whether or not 
you were just walking through a building and the person said hello to you, and but you had already walked by them, and they said hello, you just walked past me, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see you. Like you were concentrating on your phone, right, something like that. Right. Now they feel wronged by you. You've never met them, but they feel wronged by you. And so now a lot of times these are the people who are suffering from mental illnesses, um, and they uh, experience feelings of paranoia. So you don't have any idea what's going on with them, and you weren't purposely trying to hurt anyone. You just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And because they have a mental illness and can sometimes be self-righteous, now they have this whole vendetta against you, and you have no idea. They may be waiting on you for the next three weeks, in the lobby just to see if you'll speak to them or if they'll have to allow you to walk by and you speak again. They'll, and then if, wow. if, you're, if they're not getting your attention, they will run up and be in your face and say, hello, hello, do you see me today? Now you're scared. And you're wow. a little freaked out, wow. like, what's happening? And sometimes a person will just say, let me just get out of here and leave this alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, I want them, what I want everyone to do is find the nearest security guard and say, hello, this is what happened. I'm not sure what's happening. It seems as though I've offended this person. Can you please look out for this person? If this person has no legal reason to be in this building, then they need to leave. If it's not a public library but a corporate office, mm-hmm. and the only reason they're in there is to bother you, then the security officers can keep them out. And you may also need to be escorted to your car just for a couple of weeks to make sure you're okay. Right. So those, those are the types of things that I really want people to be careful of. But the other thing that I just really want to bring up and I want to make sure that we hammer home is that um, we kind of have predatory stalkers sometimes, and these are people who have or sexually obsessed, right, and they just they have deviant, sexual fantasies, typically male. Sometimes they can be strangers, but other times they can be people that you used to be in a relationship with and you just didn't know they were this way. When you figured out they were this way, you left them, but now they're coming back. So they can be rejected and predatory. But a lot of times what happens, especially in the work context, is the boss will say, well, we're all adults. Let's just sit down and talk this out. Absolutely, mm-hmm. positively not. If you're in a church setting, well, we just need to talk this out. Let's just bring everyone together. Absolutely, positively not. The worst thing you can do in a stalker situation is bring two people together. Now the stalker knows exactly where that person is going to be. That's what they've been trying mm-hmm. to achieve, and they are using you to get it. And unfortunately, wow. especially for the ones that have a mental illness, that's all they need. You don't know how many times it's been the case where someone was forced to go to court or forced to do some type of HR mediation, and the stalker brought in a gun or brought in gasoline, sprayed it on the person, and lit a match. Because all they were looking for for the past six months was to know where they were. And because you required them to meet at some place, you gave the stalker exactly what they needed. So we have to be careful. Not all crimes, not all violations can be treated the same. Yeah, yeah. And that's good information to know, too, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, because I do work in HR. Right. And I work with employee relation, uh, employee relation cases. And, and there are times when I, I don't have to really contact or talk to the employee. I may talk to the, um, to the manager. But then right. there are other times, depending on the situation, that I will need to reach out to the, to the uh, employee. Right. You know, to kind of get their version of events and when there are situations uh, that may come up like this, this is good information to know. So if yes. one of the managers say, hey, well, we got a gentleman over here and the young lady is accusing him of harassing her or stalking her, 
you know, we need to get them together. No, no, ma'am. <laughs> no, we don't. No, no. sir. We, I mean, we'll now you need, have to need, know. We'll need to... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go we'll ahead. need to what? No, go right ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say you want to know what the allegation is, right? Because sometimes right. if it's just, oh, uh, I don't want to work with her, I don't like working with women, that's a gender mm-hmm. issue, and you can bring those two people to have a conversation, or you can just, as a manager, take care of it and say, you know what, it doesn't matter what you like. What you're not going to do right. is, uh, you know, cause a civil rights violation and let's work together. Right. But mm-hmm. the, the other thing that I just want to mention is that a lot of times in these particular situations, so you say you work in HR, and mm-hmm. let's say um, a young man comes to you and tells you that some young lady started off bringing him breakfast every morning, and even though he told her to stop, she continued to do it. She's asked to be reassigned so she can work on his team, but she's always calling and emailing him about non-work things. She's making me feel uncomfortable. Is there something that you can do? I always encourage HR people as well as people in the Title IX office in my line of work to ask the complainant or the person who is letting you know that they have been harmed if they are willing to move. And the reason I ask this, and a lot of people get mad, they're like, no, now you're blaming the victim. Why would the victim move? That's not fair. Like, just because something bad has happened to them, now you're going to upload, you know, up, there's upheaval in their life. They can't have the same friends. I'm saying not make it happen, but ask them if they're willing to, even if it's temporarily. And the reason is this. If you move the person who is accused of stalking, they still know where the complainant is, the, the, the victim true. is. So all they need to do is go right back to the same office, right back to the same schedule, and if they are dedicated, it's easier for them to do it. But if you move the person who has complained, even temporarily, then they're going to be frantic, like, where are they? Where are they? And if they start asking other colleagues, you need to make sure that the colleagues are not sharing information. And when you find out that they're asking the other colleagues, that's another violation. Why are you asking? This person was moved. You don't need to know where they're, where they're gone, right? And then that will add to whatever investigatory conversation that you need to have. But, again, don't force the victim or survivor to move someplace else. Just offer the option and, and the reason behind it. They don't have to do it. If they want you to move the respondent or the person being accused, Go ahead and do that, and then tell them, please let us know if you see this person over here. Now that they've been moved, they have no reason to be here. So if you see them hanging out, please let us know. Good information. Thank you um, for the, uh, sharing that. Um, You're so, so welcome. You, you have mentioned about um, mental mental health disorder or uh, the the I'm sorry. The perpetrator may have uh, a mental illness. Yes. What, how does stalking mentally and physically affect the victim? Oh, my goodness. Um, it is, it can be debilitating because, unfortunately, stalking isn't one of those things like, sexual harassment or sexual assault. It's not one of those things that's readily apparent to someone who's looking at it, right? Right. Because stalking can be something like, um, every time I played this song, you knew that I was around and that I was going to physically harm you. Because understanding that um, stalking and DV often go hand in hand. Stalking and um, sexual assault by an intimate partner often go hand in hand. So a person can be walking around up the street and hear a radio play a song. And as soon Mm. as they hear that song, they drop into the fetal position. Mm. Everybody around is like, what's wrong with them? Are they crazy? But they are triggered because they know what that song means. Right? It has a particular Mm -hmm. meaning to them. It's also like the example I mentioned earlier. The person wanted to send flowers or the person wanted to bring breakfast. To anyone else, they're like, well, I wish someone would bring me breakfast. We don't care about them. 
We care about you. You know it's creepy because mm-hmm. you let them know you don't want the flowers. Mm-hmm. You don't want the breakfast, and they continue to do it. So what it does is, especially when it comes to an intimate partner, it makes a person doubt themselves. It makes the person think they're crazy because every time they go for help, people are telling them that they're crazy. Mm-hmm. It makes a person so paranoid that they can't feel comfortable anywhere. And then lastly, it generally um, impacts them financially because oftentimes they have to move because right. that's the only way to get out of that person's purview. And so it, it, it like a lot of the people in my line of work talk about stalking being one of the most insidious because it can make a person doubt themselves so much because it's hard. If you tell someone you've been sexually harassed, you can get people to support you. If you tell someone you've been sexually assaulted, you can get people to support you. But for some reason, when you say stalking, people are like, oh, girl, hush up. Oh, man, please. You, mm-hmm. you got a woman chasing after you. I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. But mm. the person that it's happening to, they know this is different. Right. Right. So, and I know you mentioned earlier um, that if someone is is being stalked, whether it's a, a on the job or at school or, a, a, you know, just a, a, a ex, um, I know you mentioned that they can maybe go to security, report it to security, or or call the police. Is there a number that people can contact to report it? Well, most states have um, a hotline that you can call. And I apologize, I didn't look up the hotline for Indianapolis. But most states have a hotline that you can call. And these hotlines will help direct you to the police if that's what you want. Um, they'll help you create what's called a safety plan. So if you Mm -hmm. see the person show up, you know, they'll tell you, you can take a picture, send the picture to the police. You know, the police are are called their name in your phone. It's Pizza Hut or Domino's as opposed to police. Mm -hmm. So if the person happens to be around you, they don't see who you're texting. Um, So that type of thing, if that person has gotten into your phone and and seen things, you can try to hide the name. So instead of texting your best friend, you text someone with the name so far-fetched that the partner won't even know, even if they have hacked into your phone, that you're texting a friend. So, yeah, they're usually hotlines, but when something is happening in the moment, Mm-hmm. You, you're in an office building, go to the front desk staff. Even if it's not a security guard, go to the front desk staff and say, can you call security? Can you please keep an eye on this person here in the red and the black and the, you know, gray overcoat? If you are on a college campus, the Title IX office specifically helps students, faculty, and staff with stalking, so you can go to them. You can also go to the police department that's on campus. You can call them via 911 or you can walk into their office, right? But on college campuses, we have something called responsible employees. And this was something created um, by the federal government during President Obama's uh, tenure. And basically, Mm -hmm. it's every person on the campus who is paid. So if you receive a check from the university, you have a duty to do something about anything that you hear about or that you see. Because they just want to make sure that, you know, nothing's happening in the library with three different employees and all of them think somebody else is going to call and report it. Right. They make it everyone's responsibility, so three people have to call and report it. So if you walk up to your professor and say, I think this person behind me, they've been following me all day. Can I walk into this class? Can you please call someone? They have to help you. If you walk into the cafeteria and the person serving you food and you say, hey, this person behind me, can you call someone? They have a duty, a federal obligation and a university policy obligation to help you. And then if you're just a person living your life in an apartment or a house, again, you can call the hotline or you can call the police directly, 911. The only thing to think about, and I just want people to be aware of it, is that stalking is a crime in all 50 states, but it's not 
a felony. It's a misdemeanor. So sometimes people get a little, um, I, I don't know, you know, disappointed because even if they're able to find someone responsible or guilty, sometimes the disciplinary actions aren't as high as a person thinks they should be. And I understand wow. that, but I want people to follow the process because the more times that a person can be convicted, the higher the disciplinary action or the jail time will be. But if you get upset because the first time you went through it and the discipline or the sanction wasn't high and then they keep doing it, only person winning is them if you give up. You have to try to continue the process. And I know it gets tiring and I know it gets annoying. But yeah. once it has gone that far, you need to go ahead and do as much as you can to help the process out because the laws are the laws. And until they switch to felonies, you have to have the misdemeanors kind of build up. Okay. And I'm not sure if you um, if you know this, but um, why would stalking, you know, and with, with everything you shared and the seriousness of it, why would it, it not be a, a felony? You know, I don't know for sure, but I can tell you my guess is because stalking, dating domestic violence, sexual assault for years was considered a family issue, right? Mm. This was okay. happening on the inside of homes. We don't want to regulate what's happening on the inside of homes. Right, because again, it was often an intimate partner. It was a, you wow. know, a doctor going to the sheriff of the town to say, "Have you seen my wife?" And tracking this person down, even if this person was trying to leave because their husband was abusive. And we wanted to keep the law out of our household. And so, when we were finally able to push it through, push sexual assault through, even if it's your spouse you know, push um, dating domestic violence through as an actual crime, even if you're, it's your spouse, stalking is, is the last one to kind of go across the line. And so we have a lot of people who are working, working tirelessly to uh, get it upgraded, for lack of a better term, to a felony. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the hardest issues is that the um, rate of report is still extremely low. And because it is, we haven't been able to connect as many of the female homicides to the stalking. If we could connect that and then have people lobby on the Hill, I think it would change to a felony. But until that happens, it's, again, like I said, if your friends and family will take it as a joke, surely the police will. You're really yeah. here talking to me because someone sent you flowers. That's your problem. You're really talking to me yeah. because someone keeps sending you lunch. But you know mm -hmm. that I know that anybody who does this work knows that it can get worse really quickly. Like it right. escalates exponentially. Yeah. But people take it as a joke. Yeah. Um, and I may need to talk to you later after the call. <laughs> Because please do, please do. Just, just for information, because I, I, in which I won't, you know, of course, share it now. But I did have um, a recent incident, mm. and I believe I've shut it down. But okay. just some of the information that you've been sharing, um, this person has come across as a rejected, mm -hmm. um, yes, stalker and. Um, just, you know, just kind of uh, want to get your thoughts. I haven't heard any more uh, from the individual, okay. but it's just kind of interesting. Uh, yes. When you shared that information, um, uh, he immediately came to my mind. And see, um, that's your gut talking to you, and I'm so happy you are listening to your gut. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, that's fine. That, that's fine. Um. So, and I know we're getting ready to wrap it up, but um, in, in case I've missed anything, what um, advice can you offer someone who is being stalked, um, and, and what inf additional information can you share with us tonight? 
Um, I think the one thing that I would add is that um, cyber stalking and stalking with the use of technology are on the rise, um, specifically with the younger generation. And um, I don't want to scare individuals into, you know, a 1984 scenario and probably half the young people don't even know what I'm talking about, but I had to read that book. (laughs) But I don't want you to believe that you are in a police state, but I just want you to be as careful as possible. All of these Snapchats, all of these things that people are using to be quote-unquote sneaky links and all those other things that people think are funny are also the Mm -hmm. ways that people are are using it to stalk you. And then also when you break it off with someone and you want to go through and block them on social media and block them on your phone, make sure that you go ahead and take them off of your Find My Friend. Make sure that you take them off as a recipient on Cash App or Venmo Mm -hmm. or or Zelle, because they use those things to communicate with you, right? And then also, I know everyone's goal is to have a million followers, but if you have to block someone, I -hmm. need you to take a little bit more care in who you accept. Like, look at their profile. See if there's anything that just gives you the heebie-jeebies. If there is, Mm -hmm. you know what? You can go without that person. Or maybe once you break up with someone and you decided to block them, just don't accept any new friends for a month or two. Yeah. Because if they are really that pressed to figure out what's happening with you, you'll find out because they will have sent 13 friend requests and you haven't accepted any of them, and now they're moving on to asking your friends. I had a young man leave campus and go to a community college, so left the campus that he met the young lady on and went to a community college because he remembered her saying in passing conversation that her friend went to a community college, waited outside of her class to ask her where the young lady was because he couldn't figure out where she was because she wasn't responding to his call. And then also, yes, wow. And also just being very careful, being sympathetic. Oftentimes, you'll have ex-girlfriends or ex-boyfriends come up to you as the best friend and say, look, 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 I know they don't want me anymore and blah, 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 but if they would just explain to me or just tell me, I just want to talk to them, that's it. Can you please tell me where they are, right? And we've all seen the romantic comedies where, you know, um, you know, happily ever after and the best friend says, oh, she went to the airport or, oh, they went there. Don't give that information. If the friend wanted them to stay away, stay away, because unfortunately, especially with stalking, if they think this is the last time they're going to see the person because the person is moving and trying to get away from them, they'll either use that opportunity to follow them to the next location or decide, if I can't have them, no one can, and kill them. And you don't want that on your conscience. Right. You really don't. I just wanted to make sure I left you with that, but also just to know, look, I know I've gotten a lot of doomsday situations, but again, you can stop this. Just like you alluded to earlier in the the conversation, once you called that person and said, I don't appreciate this, this is stalkerish, and it stopped, Mm -hmm. that can't happen. That can't happen. I don't appreciate this. And they're like, oh, well, I'm just an awkward person. I understand that, but I do not appreciate it. And keep going. Don't stay entertaining Mm -hmm. them in conversation because it's that sympathy that they will try to connect to and just say, well, if I can make them feel sorry for me, then I I still have a way in. And you don't, you want to cut off that angle. And we are all Christians and we're told to love our neighbor, love our enemies. And you can do that, but do it from a distance. You can pray for that person without having a conversation with that person every day. That's it. You can pray before you enter the job and pray when you leave and pray for them specifically. That does not mean you need to have a conversation with them. Right. That's right. That is right. Well, I so appreciate you being on tonight. Like I said, it's it's a lot of good information. Um, I know it's helpful for me. I actually plan to share this this recording uh, with my coworkers uh, who also work uh, work in HR, 
you know, just mm-hmm. just for the the education piece on on dealing with possible stalkers on the job. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate it. So thank you so much for the discussion tonight. Um, You're so welcome. And you know, it while we may not hear much about stalking on the news, uh, it is something that happens. Um, yes. So please, with the information that Candy has shared, if you have been or uh, if you have been or believe you are currently uh, a victim of stalking, please, please, please say something. Please report it. Yes. Um, please do, brother. Yes. And brother Stevie, as always, I want to thank you for providing this platform. Uh, so information like this can get out to uh, get out locally as well as countrywide. Uh, if you have questions or comments for Candy, again, please contact me on Facebook Messenger or send an email to butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, and we will be sure to forward your questions or comments over to her. So thank you again. Thank you uh, in the audience for listening. And have a great evening, and I will now turn it over to Brother Stevie. Hey, sis, this is Genesis Archer, and you're listening to A Talk With My Sister on What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. Peace and love. You're listening to What A Word From The Lord Radio Show. I give you the The love you show when you said heaven's gone to rescue me when I was lost in despair. Cause it was justice that said I should die. But your mercy stepped in on time. I could never.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.